Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. The Rolex wearing. Diamond ring wearing. Kip feeling. Wheeling dealing. Limousine riding. Jet flying. Son of a gun. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team downloaded the dynasty Warzone podcast it took one day to join the patreon reached out to memphis about a situation with one of my rosters and the kind of feedback i got was hey nick why don't you give me a call uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when i thought i was gonna be in re- rebuild mode this year and that's just part of what comes with the patreon uh, just tr- uh, trade talks just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy. Which one do you like? You put it in the cart. You add the ring to the cart. You add the promo code DWZ ring. Makes the ring free. And your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring. And let's have a big season. What's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the 
People's Dynasty Podcast. And on this week's show, man, it was so popular last week, we are bringing it back. This show is entitled More Dynasty Training Camp News and Training Camp Bullshit. Part 2, Bullshit Boogaloo, with my man, my co-host, you know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry Sinclair, how are you, bud? I am good, Randall. I am always good, or at least I try to be. It's because everyone loves bullshit. That's why the show last week did so well. That's why we brought it back, because let me tell you, there's more bullshit. That's what this time of the year is, man. It's one of those things, you know, and if you can't tell, by the way, language alert, language alert, there will be <laughs> yeah, four-letter yeah, yeah, words yeah. in the Dynasty War Zone going forward. We've, we've warned people, and if you couldn't tell by the title. But this is what I like to call professional lying season, Jerry. And it's our job, your job, my job, the job of us here in the Dynasty War Zone, to make sure that we use our finely tuned bullshit detectors to help these people through some of this camp stuff. It's been going crazy with the GIFs or GIFs or whatever you call them. And people love them. Some some Twitter images, buddy. Yeah, and it, all the little clips. And honestly, I've seen maybe two that were worth a damn, if you'd like me to be honest with you. I, th- I think Scary Terry's, I think that was a great catch. And I think the J.K. Dobbins catch was a good one. If you haven't seen those, open Twitter every once in a while. It'll show up 31 times before you want to see it again. I think everything else is just a bunch of nonsense for the most part. And if you want to see team-controlled, narrative, fun stuff, just follow all 32 teams on Instagram. Between what they post on their story and what they post on actual posts, you can really see a lot. Like in Chargers camp, I can tell you that Hunter Henry has been having a hell of a camp. And how do I know that? Because every time I go to the Chargers story, or their posts, it's another post of Hunter Henry catching the damn football. That's what I'm looking for. I'm just looking to see who's vibing, who's gelling. Uh, speaking of gelling, man, I know you're a Cortland Sutton fan. You you sniped him off of me in a trade. And if you go to, you won't be able to see the stories because they disappear like within 24 hours. But if it's still on their actual posts, the Denver Broncos post, Cortland Sutton and Drew Locke have been linking up, man, and these guys have been killing it in camp. I am very excited for Cortland Sutton, Jerry. I'm I, I've been more excited for Drew Locke just because of the things. I mean, I'm I'm always excited for Cortland Sutton. Don't get me wrong, but Drew Locke's a dude that I just wasn't super in on. And I, I did this weird thing where I I actually went back and I watched the man play because I wanted to see why I hated him so much. Not not hate, you know, but. Man, I, I don't know. I'm coming around on the man. I think I think the man can play a lot more than I think he can, and I think it's going to be good for everybody in that offense because I was extremely, to use a Randy word, trepidatious about the whole thing. There was too many pieces. It was setting up too perfectly for Baker Mayfield in, in that fall, and I just I, I really don't think that's going to happen. I like it. I like the way Denver's going. I think the, the backfield's going to be a, a mess, but uh, we'll we'll find that out sooner rather than later. Well, there you go. There's just some bonus camp dynasty hits because we were not planning to talk about Denver. We were just talking about following all the teams on Instagram and the Denver connection. But I will say this, the one thing that Drew Locke has going into year two that Baker Mayfield didn't have, and that's a competent OC and Pat Shermer. 
But before we get into any more uh, training camp hits and training camp bullshit, we're going to just hit you with a couple of hot facts real quick. Uh, dude, the Devi Show. You guys did the first Devi Show on Monday the 17th. It dropped on Tuesday the 18th. And I got to say, Jer, it was a spicy meatball with yourself and Kane and Shane, the, the boys of the Devi Marketplace, as well as part of the Devi team here at the Dynasty Warzone. Now we'll have Josh Dysinger on the next show. Uh, the pilot show is awesome, though, man. September, right around the corner. So this is a question not for Jerry, but for Jerry to listen and to sharpen his pencil. Jerry and the gang want to know, what do you want to hear about on the next Debbie show? And who do you want them to cover? Do you want them to cover more draft-eligible guys? Do you want to know about freshmen and sophomores that are going to lose a potential season of exposure? to us as dynasty consumers or to you Devi drafters so shoot him an email well you can shoot him an email i'll forward it to him but shoot him a, a dm you can follow jerry at jerry dwz you can follow shane at shane p hallam on twitter and kane is at Devi underscore kane man shoot him a dm say hey man on the next dynasty warzone Devi warzone I want to hear you cover so-and-so. Jerry, who, who's someone you're going to tell me we're going to talk about on the next Debbie Warzone? Someone, or can I tell you someone I want you to talk about? Uh, well, if you're going to set me up for that, just just tell me who you got. Don't tease me like that. I, I, I want to know about Chuba Hubbard. I want to know, is his vision as interesting as I've read? Now, again, I rely on you guys. I know Chuba's, Chuba excuse me, is good at football. And I believe that based on all the Devi people that I follow, not just you guys, but also Nick Whalen and Garrett Price and all the other great people that have blessed us with their appearances here on the show. But I, I want a deep dive. I want, I want a deep dive on him and Najee Harris and uh, Travis Etienne. How about that? So you want all the sexy ones. You want all those sexy, sexy running backs is what you want. I took over a, an orphan with you and JD of the Goat District and Keith Bollinger and some other guys, uh, Kevin Cotillo. And I've got four firsts and like two seconds in that league, Jerry, and I'm rebuilding. And I've got my wide receivers. I've got my Terry McLaren. I've got my DJ Moore. I've got my Darius Slayton. I've got Mike Williams. Uh, I've got one of the rookies from this class. I've got a couple of quarterbacks. But I, I need those four picks, man, to, to help me bolster my backfield. Maybe another quarterback. So, that's what I'm looking for, and I think that's what the listener's looking for. And I think that's sort of what the nice thing about this podcast. I think that's why we're doing it. I, I, I'm not a Devi player. I'm not like I, I have Devi leagues. Don't get me wrong, but the reason I have Devi leagues is so that I can get better at my dynasty leagues. And from the sounds of it, that is exactly what you're doing. You're talking about how to make your rebuild in the dynasty degenerates league. And J.K. Dobbins, I believe, is the rookie you have in that league. If memory serves correct. And and, and that, that's the good thing about that show is it, it's different facets. It's going to, you know, we're trying to get people into Devi. And then we're also trying to help dynasty owners. And then for the total nerds that are just, you know, I, I let, you know, Josh and Kane and Shane just go off and talk about guys that I've never heard of. And I just write them down and I watch them later. You know, that, that that's sort of the nice thing we got going on. It was pretty good. It was fun last time. It's going to be fun going forward. We're not trying to kill you with the with Devi content but we are trying to make you more well-rounded players better dynasty players and if you want to dabble into some Devi into that pitch black deep black hole that is Devi that'll suck you in 
then that's there too. Yeah, man, it's really designed to be a bridge for you guys the, to learn more about the players coming out. Because if you want the true deep dive into the Devi world, man, just listen to the Devi Marketplace podcast with with Kane and Shane. These guys go deep, and the gambling show. Uh, thank you for the support. The downloads have been very good. People are liking it. Uh, we're kind of filibustering right now through these first few shows because when we first rolled this puppy out, we were expecting there to be preseason games. Uh, therefore, that would be preseason DFS and or preseason betting. Hey, what do you know? Uh, at least we're on track to have a season. So we've been we've been looking at some DFS stuff. We looked at some player props, some season totals on some teams. This week's show, we're going to look at the early week one lines, see if there's anything that we like that we want to go ahead and get action on, as well as for those of you drafting redraft, uh, some teams and some volume where we think that the scoring is going to be good. And that means the fantasy points will be good. That'll be dropping on Friday with myself and good old Dr. Kyle. And then the YouTube, Jerry, now this show as we are recording this on Tuesday evening, is streaming live on YouTube. But today, Jerry, I'm not going to name names, but I hired us a YouTube content curator, editor, and uh, there'll be a lot more on the Dynasty Wars on YouTube. I, I've just reached my limit between the, the two podcasts here, the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor, um, the things that I've got going on here. I just can't provide the YouTube content fully. So I, I hired somebody. Well, I hope they're good because I'm usually two knuckles deep into my nose just digging for gold while we're talking. So they're going to have to do a lot of work and they're going to have to do a lot of uh, editing at me. Uh, just my half. You're you're handsome and dapper as always. It's the, uh, the beard and the Titleist hat. So be on the lookout for more YouTube content coming from the Dynasty Warzone. You won't miss any of that if you follow the show, Jerry, myself. Uh, soon to be more people, including Dr. Kyle. Follow us all on Twitter, and you'll see more of that YouTube stuff tweeted out from all of us. Uh, another another plea to Drake2071. My friend, you have won an autographed DK Metcalf jersey. I am going to give you this week, and I am going to give you next week. But if you cannot find me, if you're not as excited about getting a DK Metcalf jersey as I am to give it to you, then we're going to re- uh, respin that wheel only with the people that were entered originally. Going to be a new Dynasty Happy Hour contractor this week. My guest's name is Bob, hashtag Big Bob. And the contractor show can only be found on the Dynasty Happy Hour podcast network. So if you're not subscribed to the DHH, when you go to your podcast player, search Dynasty Happy Hour. It's a blue logo, black DHH, can't miss it, red trim. If you're into that trim, and just subscribe. Man, you'll, you'll love the show. We have a great time. And, Jerry, last couple of things. Five-star reviews. Jerry, did, did you know that five-star reviews are the freest way to help us? The free, the freest, the best, and really, it makes me feel the best. Let the, let's go there. I love seeing your comments. I just love the creativity that some of you exude when you do it and it just makes me feel like i'm not just talking to randy which would be fine if i did because this happens too where where we just randy will call me and we'll just we'll do exactly what we're doing right now we just happen to hit record it makes me feel good knowing that there are other people out there that listen besides when i force my wife to do it yeah your, your wife's good people for putting up with you me and her have that in common and then the last thing if uh, you're looking to invest more than freest Go to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, where they're in the middle of working on the Devi League 3. And 
We're in the midst of on the Patreon podcast, which drops on Tuesday evenings. We are in the midst of doing our Patreon le- uh, league reviews. And then I've got some special guests coming on to help me review the Devi leagues. And, and I mean, the, the number one complaint of all of the people that I've had on the Dynasty Happy Hour contractor is their group chats. Their group chats dry up except for like rookie draft season and trade deadline time and maybe sometimes the start of the season. Outside of that, it's crickets. And Jerry and I are in some industry leagues together where it's crickets. You know, same thing. Rookie draft. Randy's got to drag the sledgehammer out. Oh, I, 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 He drags it across the concrete and then just shakes the, the ground every once in a while. But, but that's the dopest thing about the, about the Patreon is that I don't have to do that. Dude, one day it's Pat from Australia or Neil from Australia. Then, then sometimes it's Zach or sometimes it's Maddie Big Cheeks. And sometimes and it's Tig, you. Tig, Tig's Tig, been busting my balls about Leonard Fournette lately. I hear you. I hear you. I get it. And, and I could go on and on and on with the dozens of patrons that we have that are just fantastic. And if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for interaction, not only with the show host, me and Jerry, but from your fellow patrons, I would put this up against anything out there it's not super expensive you also get it like i said a bonus podcast every week and you get exclusive one-on-ones you heard the the new commercial with nick one of our uh, i don't say longer standing but he's been around six eight months with us and you know he talks about the exclusive one-on-ones whether that's with me or with jerry we're making things happen it's not super expensive like i've said before if you could just forego starbucks two days of the month and switch that over to that one dollar mcdonald's coffee which ain't bad coffee by the way you could easily afford the the Dynasty Warzone Patreon. So check it out, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. All right, Jerry, enough with the filibustering, enough with the uh, extra stuff. Are you ready to talk? Is this a Dynasty training camp news hit, or is this just training camp bullshit? Yeah, I can assume that we're talking about the, uh, we're starting with the one I just got about Kiki Kuti sidelined with a stress, fra- stress fracture in his foot. No. That's the big news you're ready for? Abso- absolutely not. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't, I, I, so I have a soundboard, but only I can hear it. And the listener could hear it, but you couldn't hear it, so you wouldn't know how to react to it. But if you were able to hear it, I would have given you, again, the, the, the personal favorite, Connor McGregor. Who the fuck is that guy? No one cares about Kiki QT anymore. No, they don't. I mean, we Nor were, should they. I remember when we wanted to, but we don't. Jerry, let's start with good news. I like good news. You like good news. I do like good news. Good news. More fans in the stands for teams like Indy, Jacksonville, Miami. And I'm assuming since Miami and Jacksonville are both in the state of Florida, uh, Tampa Bay, I would assume, will also be planning on having fans. Why is that good news? Because I think the NFL feels so strongly about the protocols they have in place for player and coaching and staff safety that they feel comfortable letting more human beings in their general vicinity at games, Jerry. To me, I, I take this as a positive. I, I agree with you. I think they are, I think they are, like you said, confident in their setup to where the players and the staff for each team is not going to be infected by COVID-19. And that if some fans do, at least it'll be a limited amount and they could, they could monitor it. Uh, I think it's good. Uh, I know the lions are not having fans for the first couple of weeks and they're going to sort of see what happens. But I think, you know, the way things are going and the way things are starting to trend, they just tested 
all the NFL teams. I don't think there was any test. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think we're we're doing very well. They're doing good. I, I'm excited for it. I really don't have any desire to see cardboard people in the stands. Granted, they might be better fans than Jacksonville fans are in general. I'm just kidding. Any Jaguar fans out there? Well, a couple of things. One, if Jacksonville sells 25% of that stadium, that's what they call a capacity sellout. Yeah, they're doing all right. The the play-by-play guy would be saying, and they're hanging from the rafters here in Jacksonville because that's what 25% means in, in that part of Florida. But, you know, you talked about the test. There have been, I think it was 77 false positives uh, yeah. over, over the weekend, it involved one lab in New Jersey. I think they've got that solved. They're also working for faster testing so that this does not happen on game day. But the good news is, is they've done over 23,000 tests. I don't know what that, ta- that, that time frame is, but 23,000 tests and zero actual positives. I'm telling you, they're doing a hell of a good job without a bubble. And all those negative-ass people who are going like, we're not going to have a season. And the, the people who just really want to hide in their, in their house or apartment and, and wait for something negative to happen so they can sit back and see, see, I told you, to that person, I give a big fuck you. So let's, let's, let's move this along, Jerry, from the positive news to the biggest story, in my opinion, maybe of training camp, and this thing went largely unreported and unreacted to. Lamar Jackson missed the weekend's practices to return Monday, so there's the good news. But the team misled the media about the nature of the injury. The Ravens said it was to quote-unquote rest his arm, but he actually tweaked his groin. Jerry, you're a big fan of groins. Tell me what you took away from this story. Is this a dynasty fantasy news hit, or is this just some training camp bullshit? God, I hate you so much. I mean, if that wasn't... Such a good segue. I I would hate you more, but you're a professional, and that was a good one, and you got me. It, it's weird. How how does the NFL MVP, the man that is leading your franchise, how can you get away with that kind of stuff? And even with, with the not coming into practices and resting his arm, how is that not a bigger story by every single beat reporter and everybody else that's in Baltimore and the whole Maryland East Coast? I mean, this is Lamar Jackson we're talking about. Like, if if this was Sam Darnold, I guess I would get it more. Or Gardner Minshew. This was the MVP. And and we're just now hearing this. It's something. And and here's the thing about groins. If you've ever pulled a groin, uh, I may not love groins, but I am a bit of an expert on groins as I tore my groin as a teenager. Horrible, horrible time. Just to say that. It, it affects your running. And here's the thing about Lamar Jackson. I don't know if you know this, Randy. Uh, He won a beautiful trophy that sits next to me on this desk because of his running ability. So it it, it's definitely something. I'm not going to overreact to it. I don't think it's total bullshit yet, but it's something. What about you? Are you are you are you buying it? Are you are you thinking it's nothing? Are you thinking it's something? What do you got? Well, for for me, it's it's a split decision. The fact that he's right back out there on Monday already practicing tells me it's a little bit of bullshit. But but here's my concern, Jerry. I, I know you don't have children, but you were a children at one point, and I have children. Why do people lie? People lie to hide to hide things. That's the that's the nature of of telling a lie, and that's what concerns me. Why would you lie about this? If it was no big deal, like he came back to practice on Monday. Yeah. So for me, the fact that the team felt obligated to lie to the media and lie to fans and lie to everyone, 
that tells me that maybe even though he was out there on Monday and again, the, these training camp videos have been very, I don't say murky, but have been very, like, like I said in the, in the initial part of the show about the Instagram, they've been very team controlled and the narrative that we get is very filtered. So I'm not ready to call it a dynasty or fantasy hit. But I do have my antenna raised due to the fact that the team lied about it. And we're going to stay in the AFC North. And we're going to talk about, Jerry, we went from groins, which you pulled as a teenager several times, I'm sure. You pulled your groin a lot. We're going to go to A.J. Green and his hamstring. Now, allegedly, he's going to resume limited practice on Wednesday, the day that this show drops. And, side note, Auden Tate. Uh, the wide receiver who's been basically playing in A.J. Green's position is quote-unquote the offensive MVP to date. So, Jerry, A.J. Green and his hammy and Auden Tate are either, neither, or both of these stories training camp hits or training camp bullshit. I think they're they're all hits in the sense that they're all relevant, and I don't think they're you know trying to portray a different image. The A.J. Green thing sucks. Let me just be the first to say that because I've been taking the dude pretty late in startups this offseason. And I'm really n- nothing about it screams anything good for me. It all sounds like this is going to be the same AJ Green and I wasted those picks and the the hopes of grandeur I had of getting even a resemblance of like a 2016, 2017 AJ Green is just it's out the door. My confidence in the situation is shot. I mean, Auden Tate showed some things last year. I mean, it, it's not a total, you know, mirage, the things that we're seeing. So I, I can understand it. I think he's going to have an increased role. I don't know how many fantasy championships he's going to be helping you win. I don't know how many times you're going to put him in a starting lineup and feel good about it. But if you have him, I think you're extremely happy about it. I It sort of sucks that, you know, we're not seeing AJ Green. We're not hearing this news about T. Higgins, who's the guy they drafted in the second round. And that's the guy I think the hype machine sort of wanted to see. The other good news uh, that we should talk about of the Bengals is Joe Burrow looking pretty good. I mean, I, I haven't seen ton of, tons of the videos, but from everything that the beat reporters have been saying, great drives, you know, they're putting him in different situations and he's he's really thriving in the situation. Now that could be the Bengals defense not being excellent. But at least it's not bad news. So it, it could be worse. What about you? I, I know you're not in on AJ Green. I know you think that's old and busted and you don't give a tinker's fuck about him. What about Auden Tate, though? Does it, is that anything for you? Uh, I'll get to Mr. Tate in just a second. This is AJ Brown rinse and repeat. First of all, I still consider myself somewhat of an athlete. I've got a competition coming up in the middle of October. And I will tell you, I am battling a calf injury. And yes, I'm able to push through it, but I am nowhere near an NFL athlete at all. I, I, I have no illusions or, or you know of grandeur. That's not what I'm saying. But I will tell you, as your body gets older, even if you take good care of yourself, which I, I pretty much do, I eat correctly. And I know he's doing that exponentially more than I do. Guys, this shit don't get better, okay? Quit lying to yourself. You know, there's a reason why in this country right now, nostalgia sells. You know, you go to, I just took my son back to school shopping. One of the stores had throwback t-shirts, okay? You go to uh, downtown when bars are actually allowed to be open. And in mine, we have an old school arcade video game. People love shit from the past. 
AJ Green is good shit from the past. Let it go. Let him go. Every year, rinse and repeat since, I don't know, 2017, 18? Something like that. AJ, AJ Green looking great. Ah, oh, AJ Green gets hurt. Eight. Guys, he's like 31, 32 years old for your dynasty roster. Get rid of him. And, and, and the places, and I didn't look this up because I didn't plan on talking about redraft, but I have to assume where you were getting him prior to this injury in redraft ADP, there is a shit pile of wide receivers. I would much rather take a gamble on there. I have to assume he was going before, you know, Darius Slayton, uh, Brian Edwards of the Raiders. There's plenty of other upside young guys that aren't 32 years old. And I know that those young guys that I just mentioned don't have wide receiver one credentials like A.J. Green, but let it go. As far as Auden Tate, man, I, I was just doing a little research. So do you remember last year everybody really kind of fell in love with Preston Williams? Yeah. I mean, he, he had 60 targets. He played eight games. So, I mean, you're looking at just a shade under eight targets a game. Well, if you look at Auden Tate last year, oh, yeah, A.J. Green was hurt. He played he, – he suited up for 12, started 10 games. Did you know he had 80 targets last year and 40 receptions? So, in the 10 starts – again, I didn't break it down game by game by the game log. But, Jerry, that would be eight targets a game for five catches a game. Now, the yardage wasn't great. It would have been about 57, 58 yards. But with A.J. Green hurt, T. Higgins also groin hurt, John Ross out, um, he's back now. He was at home dealing with, I believe it was a child. I know it was a family member who had COVID. I mean, who do you think's been working with Senior Burrow these past few weeks? And I think with all those targets that you mentioned from last year, that was not with Joe Burrow. And from Those were shitty things, targets. Yeah, shitty. Now, all, all things that are expected – going forward, Joe Burrow would be a better option, and it would be likely that those would be a more consistent targets. They would be better targets. They wouldn't be, you know, dog crap. So I I think it's it's something. Listen, if you can get Auden Tate for someone that doesn't take him seriously right now, I think it's 100% a good move because if somebody emerges in a Joe Burrow offense and if he hits, I, it's going to be a great play for you, and Auden Tate is not going to cost you a ton. Now you're you're gonna have to pay some of the hype price, some of that sizzle price, because he's in the news right now. But it's still not gonna be something crazy. Well, I, I will just leave this on this. So again, wasn't prepared necessarily to go to a deep dive on redraft, but this is a team I want no part of. Now, if I can get cheap Auden Tate, I wouldn't mind cheap John Ross. I'm not really in on Tyler Boyd at his current dynasty ADP. Uh, I'm obviously clearly out on Joe Mixon if you've listened to me at all on this show. I'm, I'm avoiding the, the entire Bengals roster with the exception of Tate and maybe John Ross at cost, not like if there was some kind of mega deal or something, sure, I'm interested. Because I still stand by the fact this is probably the worst GM in football and this is the worst coaching staff in football. So because of that for 2018, I mean, excuse me, for 2020, that doesn't mean they can't have fantasy relevance. But the fantasy relevance they're going to have at their current cost, it's a no for me. Man, get a real coach in there because Zach Taylor is an idiot. That's more than enough time on Cincinnati. Let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers. Promising rookie, a guy that I will self-admittedly say that I've been yo-yoing on. One minute, I love Brandon Ayuk. I hate him. I love him. I hate him. He has a significant hamstring injury. He is listed as week-to-week. Now, Jerry, as we know, day-to-day -day means probably a week, maybe two. 
But a week-to-week injury, man, you, you may not see him until week two, three, four. This is the, the, the worst news um, that a young wide receiver can get because they need their offseason. And that's a soft tissue injury. And the things about hamstrings is wide receivers use them all the time. Listen, Alshon Jeffrey had a great career blossoming in Chicago uh, opposite Brandon Marshall. And then the hamstrings started happening. And when was the last time you gave a rat's ass about Alshon Jeffrey? And it's because of these hamstrings. So Brandon Ayuk was an extremely polarizing prospect, uh, polarizing draft pick for that part, at least in regards to dynasty Twitter. I don't entirely know how the rest of the NFL felt. Not my favorite guy, but sort of to agree with you, I was yo-yoing on the man too. Not, not really from like hating him to liking him, but like really disliking him to intrigued. And then something like this happens. And I know I have shares of him and I'm just going to hold tight. I'm going to sit and I'm going to, I'm going to hope it's not as significant as it comes. And maybe he can bounce back and we can see some things, especially because he really has an opportunity to emerge as a guy with, with Debo going to, I mean, we'll see what happens with Debo too. That, uh, that, <laughs> The passing attack with Jimmy Garoppolo, it took some hits. He's got, I mean, he's a handsome fella, good-looking Nick Whalen type of guy, but he's got a couple black eyes coming into this offseason with his pass catchers going down. Yeah, I just did a little research. If you're in a super flex format, Brandon Ayuk is going somewhere around the 112-201 uh, valuation per our friends at the Dynasty Trade Calculator. I think you can probably get him for cheaper than that. And the guy that I'm intrigued about is Dante Pettis. A, head coach Kyle Shanahan has actually said good things about Dante Pettis, which is the complete opposite of what they did last year. Sure. And, I, and I said on Twitter on Monday that it feels it feels like Dante Pettis made a deal with the devil. Debo Samuel, foot injury. Brandon Ayuk, hamstring injury. God forbid anything happens to George Kittle because I used to like Dante Pettis, but I will kill him because I am super saturated. <laughs> but but it, it does. It just feels like, and and you have to wonder about Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense. You know, like like Deshaun Watson is a great example. I wasn't super concerned about Deshaun Watson losing DeAndre Hopkins. I think he can piece together a roster of, as you like me to say, crumb bums and shoe clerks, and still be a high end QB one. But my question is, can Jimmy Garoppolo, without his wide receiver one, his other wide receiver, arguably the two, and just like just like Carson Wentz did last year, here comes the crumb bums, here comes the shoe clerks, here comes the guys that are that that, that are so tenuous that they don't even have contracts at all. I think they clock in, Jerry. They punch a clock down in the basement of Levi Stadium before they hit the field. Not even a digitized one, the one that makes the big chunk sound when you got to slam it down. And, and they get like two ham sandwiches at, at, at lunchtime, all the Gatorade you can drink. Makes me very nervous for Jimmy Garoppolo. But if you can use any of this to buy any of these guys, and I know we threw Debo's name out there, to, to buy Debo, to buy Ayuk, to buy even Garoppolo. Man, people are pessimistic as shit in this world. And if you can spin this into getting someone cheap, Man, I am about that action. All right, speaking of hammies, Jerry, this is all about groins and hammies tonight. You should be in hog heaven. <laughs> we, we are going to talk about Cam Akers. It's almost been like the RB1 job has been thrust upon him as Daryl Henderson 
injured a hammy in a scrimmage Saturday night. It was also listed as minor. He is also listed as day-to-day. But, Jerry, for you, is this a training camp hit or is this some training camp bullshit? I think it's a hit. I think I, I, I don't know how it can't be, honestly. It, it, injuries will always open opportunities for everybody. It's... It's the reason we have backups on our dynasty teams because they the value can change in a heartbeat. And this is not one of those situations. This is one of those situations where they drafted this guy to be the guy. They drafted him because they saw Daryl Henderson and they didn't love what they saw. So they thought they needed to add another piece. They added a dynamic player in Cam Akers. They drafted him pretty high and they want to use him. And now he's going to get the opportunity for all the work and for all of the things I have said to poo poo on cam acres on this very podcast in this very off season, if Daryl Henderson is hurt and hamstrings are not, are not something to mess with in guys like wide receivers and guys like running backs, like he is, and he gets the workload. Everything I said is null and void. I, I don't care if I don't love him as a prospect and I don't care that he has flaws. What do you always say? Value and volume. That dude will get some volume. That dude will be worth it. I think it's a hit, and I think it's something to keep an eye on because if this dude can take off, given the opportunity, and that's all you need. Like when we saw, uh, who was the guy for Kansas City before Kareem Hunt? It was Spencer Ware when it was Spencer Ware got hurt, and Kareem Hunt got the opportunity. And week one, that dude dropped forty some points on your fantasy league and was just a monster. All you have to do is do well with your opportunities early. And if he does, Randy, we'll be talking about Cam Akers for some time, my friend. Well, I already like Cam Akers a lot, but this one's got a little sprinkling of that training camp bullshit on it because people are disrespecting Malcolm Brown. This is a guy who had five rushing touchdowns last year, and he had 69, hey now, rushing attempts, and he's going to get volume. Obviously, if they were pulling Todd Gurley last year to give this man five rushing touchdowns, it tells you that they they trust him, especially in goal line packages. So if you happen to play in like a non-PPR or a half-point PPR, Malcolm Brown, or if you're, you're drafting in your redraft league this weekend and you're looking for the last guy to draft before you have to take that obligatory defense and kicker, Man, look for some cheap Malcolm Brown. But the one thing about Malcolm Brown, here is a guy who is career high in targets, Jerry, was 11. 11. I think Christian McCaffrey had that in a game easy. Easy. I'm sure he had that beat. I think think he had that against the Colts for sure. And so this is a guy who doesn't have a huge pass catching profile. And I think Daryl Williams was more in line to be that pass catcher guy. But if he can't play, it's Cam Akers. And as we've established per Graham Barfield of Fantasy Points, that a uh, pass target is worth 2.8 times more than a rush attempt. So he's a guy that I could easily see getting 10, 12, 15 touches a game. And for those of us that got him in our rookie drafts thinking that he was going to be similar to Miles Sanders last year and that he was going to have a slower start, had a couple of veterans in the way, and then bada-bing, bada-boom, he helps you win your league at the back end. I think Jerry's analogy, as much as I was ready to shit on your take, I, th- I think I like what you said about Kareem Hunt, Jerry. I think this is a little bit of training camp bullshit, and I think it's a little bit of a hit. I, I think it's got a- an air of both. Well, we got to see what he can do. More Moral of the story, either he's going to hit or he's not, and we're going to find out real, real fast whether he is. 
I would agree. All right, let's go to, uh, speaking of Cam Akers, let's go to the guy that he replaced. The Atlanta coaching staff, it came out on Tuesday that Todd Curley, Todd Curley, Todd Gurley could see between 15 and 25 touches per game. Jerry, training camp hit or training camp bullshit? It's a different shit phrase. That's a no shit. You didn't bring in Todd Gurley to not touch the ball 15 to 25 touches per game. I mean, maybe 25 is on the high end, but I don't think there's anybody that plays this game or watches football that didn't think they were bringing that man in for at least 15 touches. I know he's got 65-year-old knees. Every one of you who thinks you're so clever on Twitter will say he's got old man knees every post that anyone ever hypes the man up on. Of course he's going to touch the ball 15 times. For one, he's Todd Gurley. All he needs to do is touch the ball 15 times, and that's still going to be good enough for him to be a borderline RB1, pretty darn good RB2. He's in a good offense. He's He can catch the ball. He can run. He's got a nose for the end zone. Randy, that's uh, that's nothing. You got any argument to that? Well, well, Gerald, let, let's talk about this for a second. If he were to get 25 touches a game, okay, over 16 games, do you know how many touches that is? An ungodly amount. That would be 400. That would be more touches than he's ever had in a single season. I I, I don't see it. The the season that he beat the brakes off of the NFL, uh, he had 279 and 256 rush attempts in 17 and 18. And in those years, he chipped in 64 and 59 receptions last year. He had 223 rushes and 31 receptions, so just over 250. That, that seems more in line. That seems more of to what you can expect with Todd Gurley. I am not a Todd Gurley guy. I Again, we talk about redraft. This is the biggest redraft weekend of the year coming up, so it's, it's, yep. apropos, it's apropos that we actually cover this. So I don't have a problem with Todd Gurley on your redraft team. If you can use any of this information to sell Todd Gurley, I'm telling you, the dynasty gods continue to give you cell window after cell window after cell window on the bitch. And if you don't get him off your team, you're going to look back in the very near future, especially if you're not a contender. Now, if you're a legit contender and you want to hold on to Todd Gurley, fair enough. But if you're not and you're not ready to cash out, dude, you, yeah. are, you are doing yourself a disservice because... I've heard it said, and I can get Dr. Kyle, our doctor of physical therapy, to validate this, that that hard, you know, artificial surface in Atlanta in the dome there at the Mercedes-Benz Dome is not going to be great for that knee. And they're already giving him, quote-unquote, load management. So I think this is a, a hit as far as 2020 uh, on the 15 end. I think the 25 end is complete and utter bullshit. I would be using this as a great opportunity to sell. Hey, fellow owner, why don't you give me a young back? How about this? I'll give you Todd Gurley and uh, a second for Cam Akers. You know, I, I think I think Todd Gurley is the number one asset that's going to be relevant in 2020 that you can gamble on, that you can you can trade away for a gambling piece. I, we were in the Patreon chat earlier, and I was talking about how I didn't want to do a certain trade because I thought it was a little bit too much of a gamble. I, I think Todd Gurley is the perfect kind of guy that you can just, and, and if it falls apart, okay, it falls apart. Cause Todd Gurley is not, not going to be long 
for the league with the degenerative knee issue, but he's not gone yet. And he's going to be helpful this year, potentially next year. We'll see. So I, I think he's, he's the number one guy too, that can sort of, you can be a little risky, a little more loose with it. I will just say this. Todd Gurley is going to be a free agent next offseason. We've talked about the free agent class, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Tariq Cohen, on and on and on. And then we just talked about some of the rookies at the beginning of the show, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, Chuba. There's going to be a lot of competition for jobs. There's no guarantee that Todd Gurley gets a job like this next year. And I, I think that's fair, too. And this this is your sell opportunity. Sell, sell, sell. Kenyon Drake. He's in Doss Boot. Jerry, he's in Doss Boot again. He was in this boot uh, around this time last year and went on to have a pretty good season. He says it's strictly preventative, but in his tweet, it had the fingers crossed emoji. I have no idea. For me, this is a training camp hit, but I, I see it as a little bit of bullshit because here's the thing. Kenyon Drake has been eligible to play in 64 career games. He's suited up in 62 of them, and one of those is because he got like the double buy last year when he got traded. So my concern with Kenyon Drake is, yeah, he's in the boot, and I don't kind of like some of the other injuries. It's no big deal until he's on the week one injury report. Then my antenna will go up. But here's a guy. Jerry, I'm going to read you his starts and his total touches over his career. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, fire away. Okay, in 2016, he had one start, 42 total touches in the entire season. Year two, 2017, he had six total starts, 165 total touches. 2018, he had 17 total starts, excuse me, he had seven total starts and 173 total touches. Last year between Miami and Arizona, he played in 14 games, had 10 starts, 220 touches. So that's where I would want him if I was a Kenyon Drake owner. I don't want this guy who's never proved to be able to carry a Zeke-like workload going into year five, even though he's also on a contract year. That, that's what makes me nervous. He's 26. He'll be 27 in January. Give me a big hell yeah for January birthdays. But, you know, from a dynasty standpoint, I feel like we're a bit of a broken record. I love Kenyon Drake for redraft. I think he would be a, a ballin' RB2 on a really good roster if you're going robust RB. Maybe you get lucky and get him a three in a, in a home league. But I really want no part of this man in, in Dynasty. I would love to cash out. I cashed out too early last year, Jerry. So for me, this is a bit of a hit. What about you, Jerry? I have never heard of such a thing as a preventative boot. I don't know. Listen, like I, I got weak ankles. So if I'm going to go play some pickup basketball, I have to preventative tape my ankles. Otherwise, I am going to be old man limping up the court the whole way. A preventative boot, though, is a whole different sort of war game that I just I don't understand. But like like you said, if it's not on the week one injury report, it's nothing. And maybe it actually is preventative. My issue is with Kenyon Drake and all the things that you mentioned, 2026 20, or 27, you said he's never really shown that he's great. He's always been a pretty good prospect and he's shown some things every once in a while. And the weird thing is, is that includes last year. He showed up in Arizona in his first game. He did great. And then he did a whole bunch of doo-doo all the way up until the playoffs. And then if you happen to start him in your flex, he won you the championship because he had a great semifinal and a great championship week. 
I don't, I'm, I'm good on him. And honestly, I'm good on him in redraft too. Cause he's going in the second round. I've been doing, you know, I've got my home league coming up. So I've been doing some mocks trying to see what sort of strategy I'm going with. He's going in the second round and I am so good on that. No, thank you. I will pass. I will take chase Edmonds at cost every single time over Kenyon Drake. He's just, He's not my guy. And if I'm wrong on it, so be it. That's fine. I've been wrong on guys before. He just feels like he's the Alex Collins, the Zach Stacy, the those types of guys of this year. The Damian Williams. Like he's just the guy that scares the hell out of me. All right, Jerry. Let's go, let's go to Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Marcus Mariota is said to be no threat to Derek Carr and that Coach Gruden is a bigger car fan than the man in the owner's box. Jerry, decipher that into a hit or into some bullshit. Well, there's the hit, there's the bullshit, and then there's the no shit, and I filed this under no shit, Randy. Of course he's better than Marcus Mariota. I feel like this crazy thing happened when Marcus Mariota put on a different jersey that everybody forgot what he looked like in his old jersey. The man was irrelevant in Tennessee. He did nothing. There was nothing that was ever good except for the one time where he threw the pass that got swatted and then he caught it and ran it into the end zone. That was the best thing Marcus Mariota ever did as a Tennessee Titan. I don't care that he's wearing black and I don't care that he's playing in Las Vegas. And I don't care that you don't like Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a far superior quarterback than Marcus Mariota. And it's unfortunate that anyone could think otherwise. I don't know what you could have possibly seen to make you think that Marcus Mariota is good and built for this league in the future. I just don't see it. I think this is going to, the man was lucky to get the contract that he got. And I think that's about it. There is my extremely firm take on Marcus Mariota. And I think Derek Carr is going to start 16 games next year. And I don't think it's going to be even close. I agree with you. And if I remember correctly, the, Las Vegas Raiders over and under win total per the Action Network was at around like seven, seven and a half. And that is, you know, a, a fair number. And Jerry, if you finish around seven and seven and a half, where where do you think where do you think that they they would be picking? Anywhere near a position to to draft a, a new quarterback to replace him? Not even close. Okay, and this is a guy who threw for, I'm just to make sure I got this correctly, he threw for 4,000 yards last year, 70% completion, and, you know. Had had crumb bums and shoe clerks? All the crumb bums and shoe clerks. And here's the thing. When you've got guys like Jared Goff, guys like Carson Wentz, guys like Dak, guys like Phillip Rivers all making more money than Derek Carr, this guy's under contract through 2022. And you, Jerry, he doesn't even make $20 million the next two years. He makes 19 and change, 19 and change. Now, that's a hell of a lot of money for guys like us, but by NFL quarterback, dude, that's cheap. I mean, it's not quite like rookie, like Russell Wilson rookie contract or Baker, not Baker, Baker sucks. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> sorry, I guess I can't help myself. It's, 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 it's all right. It's an old habit, like breathing. But like a Patrick Mahomes, you know, that, that rookie contract, uh, being that's a really good deal and they they brought him in great weapons i think Derek carr is a fantastic buy in in dynasty 
People have given up on him. People assume that Mariota is a threat. People assume that if the season goes bad, that they're going to you know, throw him out for the, 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 the new hotness. There is no new hotness, guys. I'm telling you, they will not finish in a position to draft one of the big three. There's not going to be another QB bust out of nowhere this year because guess what? We're not playing college football except in the South, and we already know the good quarterbacks in the South. So there's not going to be a Joe Burrow. There's not going to be a Baker Mayfield pop out of nowhere. So there's three quarterbacks, and I feel like one of the three will go to Jacksonville. Another and, one, and one of those three is only playing one game, too. Yeah, so the, uh, the, 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 Trey, the Trey Lance game. I'm, I'm telling you guys, people are so down on Derek Carr. We won't make this go on any longer. But Derek Carr, this is a hit, and uh, I'm about him as a, as a cheap QB3. All right, speaking of the Raiders, Tyrell Williams is quote-unquote hoping to play through a torn labrum. I've torn a labrum. Jerry tears his groin, pulls it actually, and I have, have torn a labrum. I did that wrestling as a younger man. I can tell you, hoping to play for it or play through it is very, very bold. Uh, what? Jerry, hold on, hold on. What is a labrum? It's a muscle in your shoulder. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is bullshit. You're not playing through that. Sorry. But it's a it's a, a ring a ding ding for a guy named Brian Edwards. Now they won't cut Terrell Williams, and you know he may play. He may he's a fa- he's fast. I guess you could run real fast with a torn labrum. I I guess. But are you gonna catch the ball? Are you gonna beat? Are you gonna beat the DB that knows you have a torn labrum and is gonna mess with you the whole game? Yeah, no. and, and what you don't want to do is you don't want to go up and get blasted in that area. I'm telling you, this is right. Th- Jerry, you got your pencil? No, I'm a pen guy, but yes. You got your ink stick? I do. You got your notepad? It's here. Write this down. By Brian Edwards. This is your last capital letters exclamation point. Three exclamation points. Guys, this is your last shot. Go by Brian Edwards. The price is high. He's hot. Again, if you look back to rookie Relatively camp. Relatively speaking, it's high. Correct. You'll look back a year from now and say, I stole him. Go get Brian Edwards where you can, when you can. This news will drive the price up. Don't care. I don't care. I think, would you pay a 2021 first for Brian Edwards? If I have a championship team, yes, I would. Okay, I could because what are you going to get in the back half of most of your drafts next year? You're going to be in the um, the the Bateman, the Rondell Moore. You're uh, going to be gam- you're going to be gambling the Jamar cause, Chase because there's going to be guys that didn't play, and you're hoping <laughs> you're just guessing. Dude, th- this is going to be wheels up on this Oakland off. Well, I guess it's L.A. I'm excuse me. <laughs> I got these guys yep. all over the fucking place. Yeah, it's going to be in Las Vegas. It's going to be wheels up for rugs. I'm not really, I'm not really going to go overpay for him, but I'll overpay a little bit for for uh, Edwards, and then this opens things back up for for Hunter Renfro. There was thought that he may lose a little work to rugs in the slot. Guys, this is wheels up. Terrell Williams was a jag on the back end of your roster anyway. Uh, and while we're talking about Raiders, they, they signed Theo Riddick. Does this do anything for you? Absolutely not. I don't get I mean, listen, I liked watching him as a lion, but no, thank you. It, I, if it does say anything, I think it's that the Josh Jacobs is going to get 60 receptions or whatever the hell that report was. Uh, that was camp bullshit. I, I, because, I, because Richard's still there. They're bringing in another pass catching back like Theo Riddick. Sorry. The, 
don't go by what they say, go by their actions. And this action suggests that, you know, they're not extremely confident in him catching the ball out of the backfield. This is bullshit and you're wrong. This, you know, I'm as concerned about Theo Riddick taking his passing game work as I was about Jeremy Hill taking his rushing. I, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not concerned about it either, but I think it, why why bring him in? Why And and what is his strong suit? Theo Riddick, the only damn thing the dude could ever do was catch the ball out of the backfield. And that's sort of the one thing that Josh Jacobs has lacked in his in his growth. Okay. okay. Well, well, how many weeks till season? Two. Uh, what is it? Two? Yeah. Two, two. So how much is he going to learn about the offense, the audibles? I don't know his relationship with Gruden, but I, th- this is just bullshit. There's not even a lock he makes the team. Just no, like, I mean, like he, I mean, he could, he could be gone before this episode airs too, and people are sitting there wondering why the hell we're talking about Theo Riddick. You, you know the uh, the Batman slapping Robin meme that's very popular or was. Yep, yep. That's exactly what I wanted to do to dynasty and fantasy players about Josh Jacobs when this news come out. It's Theo fucking Riddick. Move on. All right, Gronk. <laughs> Gronk. It says Gronk looks looks like he did five years ago per head coach Bruce Arian. Jerry, is this a hit? Or- <sighs> no. No, it is not. It's bull crap, and I don't care, and I don't want to hear about it anymore. Listen, maybe there's a chance that Gronk does okay a couple times. Gronk five years ago was one of the greatest tight end assets that ever hit fantasy. Oh, I'm not seeing that in 2020. I would love to hear you tell me that's bullshit. Oh, it's 100% bullshit. Remember what I said about AJ Green and people loving nostalgia and throwbacks? <laughs> yep. Here's another one. Guys, If good good friend of the show, Scott Fish, and one of the nicest people you'll ever, ever interact with, he was talking about doing an old-school touchdown-only league. Perfect. I just found your fucking Gronk league. There you go. Gronk, yeah. touchdown-only. Because that's what he's going to do. He was brought in. This is an improving but yet still young offensive line. He's a hell of a blocker and a willing blocker. And Tom Brady wanted his boy in the house probably to get a payday and to watch his back. So it's good for the overall scheme of the Bucks, the offense, and if you have Tom Brady or if you want Tom Brady to stay upright. But from a, from a dynasty standpoint, no. If you can get some sucker to give you a second and a tight end premium from Gronk, he is gone. Gone like shit through a goose, gone. All right. Preston Williams. <laughs> Jerry, you never know what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry to sidetrack it. That was a good one. It took me a second for it to hit, but continue, continue. Ah, the old delayed reaction. Preston Williams looking better than ever at, Do- at Dolphins camp. Per beat writers. Oh, sorry. I was writing down the gone like and shit through a goose. Because <laughs> that's a good one. Good, I, Preston, good. Preston Williams is good. Preston Williams probably is looking better than ever because that man came out firing last year. He did good, and then he got hurt. Yeah, I, I'm excited for Preston Williams, and I think most people are excited for Preston Williams. Something about Colorado State where they can just they have those sneaky wide receivers, Ola BC Johnson, and now Preston Williams, and Michael Gallup was from there. That's like a weird wide receiver you that you just you got to keep an eye on. But Preston Williams, good. I'm excited. It's weird because Miami doesn't have a ton of pieces that I'm like going to be excited to watch on Sundays. But then I sort of am intrigued by a lot of their guys, so I'm going to be glued to them. 
I want to see if Devonte Parker is going to keep doing what he did last year. I want to see if Preston Williams is going to emerge. I want to see if Tua is going to be a thing. I don't really care about the backfield. They're not very sexy. I want to see if Matt Breida can keep it up, but what about you? I know you like Preston Williams. So do you think he's looking better than ever? Do you think this is a good sign? How, how relevant are any of the Dolphins wide receivers going to be in 2020 is the real question. Hey, man, it looks like all systems go on Team Fitz Magic starting week one, and I'm about that action, boss. Uh, I love Preston Williams. Who's the wide receiver three? Isaiah Ford. Who was that one little small dude who was, like, super athletic? I cannot remember his name. Jakeem Grant? Ja- I know that was one of them. That's him. Jakeem Grant? I mean, do you think he's taking targets from Preston Williams? Get the hell mm. out of here. Dude, Preston Williams is going to look great. Just as the season goes on, don't reverse engineer a scenario where you trade him because guys coming off of ACLs, they tend to fight uh, hamstring issues, see Will Fuller last year, or they tend to get tired coming down the stretch, see Cooper Cup last year. ACL is a hell of a thing to overcome. So I don't think you'll see the real emergence of Preston Williams until 2021. Hey, that's right in time for that wide receiver third year breakout. So if things look good, things look a little slow, doesn't matter. Preston Williams, I don't want to say anyone's untradeable because if someone wants to overpay for him, I'd move him. But he's a guy that I really like in what I would consider to be an ascending offense. This is the team that in 2020, 21, if they were to land a Travis Etienne or uh, one of the young running backs, this is going to be the spot. This is an ascending offense. It may not look like it in 2020 because it's going to be band-aided together with a guy coming off the ACL in Williams, a new offensive coordinator, Chan Gailey, uh, mixed bag of parts. But this is a team with a lot of draft picks next year. They'll have uh, free agent cap money. To, to make some moves in a very fertile off-season free agent class. So, yes, but long story short, I like Preston Williams. Uh, here's one. My man Cam, I, I, there's no pictures of him or videos of him really throwing a football, but it's been said it's hard to imagine the Patriots turning back from Cam as the starter in 2020. I'll just roll. Uh, I, I believe this is 100% the case. Cam will be the starter. Stidham had a, an injury. He was back in practice on Tuesday. Uh, Stidham has been 69% accurate in camp as far as completions, but he's had seven INTs. Cam has been in the mid-60s from a completion standpoint uh, with like four or five INTs. I I think Cam is so polarizing. We covered this last year. My man's the heat shield. He's the perfect guy. People still seem to be very down on Stidham. Dude, if I can get Stidham for a cheap nothing in a – yeah, super flex league. I'm still intrigued. I've not seen Cam throw a football. I believe Cam will be the starter. I believe Cam will run. I think we'll see some vintage Cam moments. But until I actually see, and that's why not having preseason games sucks. Because a guy coming off two shoulder surgeries, I want to see live action before I invest in a dynasty aspect. So that's for me. For me, this is a training camp hit. Um, what about you, Jer? I mean, I, I think I'm with you. Let's uh, let's talk about Cam for redraft a little bit, if you don't mind. I know this is a dynasty show, but it, it is redraft weekend. You going anywhere near Cam? Because I'm not. I I don't want to risk any part of that. No risking it for this biscuit for me. I don't like the week one matchup against the Dolphins. Uh, I think Dolphins with head coach Brian Flores is an ascending team. Like I said, the Dolphins gave Tom Brady and the Patriots. I don't want to say fits, but they beat them and caused them to lose their bye 
last year in the playoffs, and I don't want any part of that. Again, there, there's too much unknown for me to risk it. I want to get off to a win week one, and I think there are other guys that I can get in that cam range. Uh, I would have to assume that he would be in a pocket with guys like Matthew Stafford, uh, Phillip Rivers plays Jacksonville week one. Uh, if I'm drafting Cam that says I'm willing to stream the QB position in redraft, so for that reason, I would be out on Cam. Again, I don't want to go into the known with an unknown player, especially if I think that I can get him now. If I can get him as like, you know, a QB2, but then again, I never in redraft, I never really take a QB2. Yeah. Because there's always streamer possibilities, so... I'm more intrigued from like a best ball standpoint. I would love to have Cam as my QB two if I, I knew we could throw the ball. And everybody says, I don't worry about that. Guys, I worry about everything. I'm pessimistic by nature. It's part of my success as a dynasty dynasty player. I, I want to see him throw the football. I want to see him throw the football accurately with some zip. I can read all the reports that I want to, but I've not seen it in live game action. And I've not even seen that many videos of, of the ball with any pep on it. So until I do, this situation makes me nervous. Jerry, I want to get to one real quick that I know you're going to be very happy to discuss. Your man, hashtag Jerry's mans, David Montgomery, has slimmed down this offseason, looking slim. And tr Speaking of videos I have seen, I saw one of your boy looking elusive like they covered him with like you know like cooking spray. They hit him with Pam. He didn't hit Pam. That's why. That, don't, don't. We didn't do that. We hit him with Pam. Like trying to catch a greased up pig. That There you go. I'm rubbing off on you. But what have you got on old David Monty? Is this a hit or is this the bullshit? I am going to guess it's probably some bullshit, but it's good to see. I, I mean, Le'Veon Bell was a big fella coming out of MSU, and then he slimmed down, and he, he really turned into a different back. The, I, I like hearing it. But at the same time, I think the thing that I liked most about David Montgomery is the dude could fight. I mean, he didn't have the most success last year, but I, I don't know. It just this is one of those situations where I would have loved to see this in preseason where I, I would have loved to see even if it's like eight touches, 10 touches in the whole preseason. At least I could have seen what it looked like. Because maybe he slimmed down, but maybe that's not his game and he's not successful. Maybe he grows like Le'Veon did. I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's tough. And, you know, I like the unpopular running backs like David Montgomery that I think are going to get volume, even if they're not great with it. it. That's just, this scares me way too much. Way, 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 way too much. I, I'm excited. I hope that it's a good thing. I think that he can grow as a back. But without seeing it, I don't know if this means anything. Like, I, I don't doubt that it happened. I'm sure that it did. But is it going to mean more points for my fantasy team? And I'm selfish and that's all I care about? That I don't know. And I, it, that's a wait and see situation. And unfortunately, in this game, I don't get the opportunity to wait and see. Uh, for me, this one's easy. This is a stone cold hit. I love it when running backs come into camp losing 5, 10, 15. Th this is perfect. Um, I get nervous when wide receivers add weight. I get nervous when running backs add weight. But when they lose a few, and let's be honest, he probably had a few to lose. And I like it when they come in. That tells me, hey, I spent the offseason working on my craft, working on my body, working on my game. I'm kind of intrigued. I actually took David Montgomery, shocker, in the Scott Fish Bowl. 
and he could be my cheat code. I am. He got the volume last year, man. And for me, this is a hit. I think kind of like we mentioned with other players like Brian Edwards, this might be your last chance to buy at what's considered a reasonable price. I've not done a full 180 on your boy Monty, but I'm starting. But he's growing. He is growing on me like a bad rash. All right. Mike Williams is considered week to week with a shoulder injury. And might and then came out today, Tuesday, that he might miss week one. Uh, for me, this is a training camp hit with a little bit of bullshit. Again, let me see that week one injury report. Uh, I, I was really bullish on Mike Williams. I was just waiting for him to put everything together. We've seen the, T, the, the 10 TD season. We've seen the 1,000-yard receiving season. We just need my man to stitch those two things together, and then we're really cooking, cooking with gas. So for me right now, it's a little bit more bullshit. And if I can use this to buy in Dynasty, man, I think he's the guy. I really don't think Keenan Allen is returning to this team next year. He's another one of those many, many high-name, high-end wide receivers that will be free agents in the 2021 offseason. And I think it'll be Mike Will's time to shine. So if I can use this as a reason to buy in Dynasty, I will. Uh, but from a seasonal standpoint, a little bit of bullshit. Gerald? Man, I don't know how many more times this can happen to me in the 2020 offseason. My late round running back was Darius Geis. That was set on fire. The other guy that I've been talking up is Mike Williams here, and they're talking about him potentially missing a couple games to start the year. Just leave Juju and Leonard Fournette alone, and at least I'll be able to escape this offseason semi-unscathed. It sucks. I I think it's something. I don't think you come out this early and say that he's going to be you know, sidelined for upwards of a month if it's nothing. And it, it sucks, and I agree with you. I think that, that is, he's going to be the guy – of the future there. I think we're ready to anoint Calvin Ridley, the guy whenever Julio leaves, but I think Mike Williams is set much sooner and much, much more accomplished than Calvin Ridley ever thought about being. And he's much cheaper. If you can buy him, absolutely buy him. I still love me some Mike Williams. And I think that is, it sucks to see, but it, it might help me in a lot of my redrafts. Cause I'm going to just stash that guy at the end, but definitely buy him in dynasty, especially if, you know, someone is sick of this sort of news. You know, they went last year and he had a thousand yards, but he didn't have all the touchdowns. Maybe they're down on him a little. I, I like Mike. I think Mike has really got the potential to be, you know, a top 10, top 15 wide receiver in the league within the next year or two, especially if Keenan's gone. You know, it don't don't let Herbert show anything. Cause if Herbert shows anything and Mike Williams is sitting as the young gun of the future, oh God, that is just Profit waiting to be made. I want to want to be like Mike. All right. Uh, sorry, you gave me a nice transition there. Uh, you talked about your man Darius Geis. It's been said that current Washington running back Bryce Love, per head coach Ron Rivera, could be an every down back. I'm just going to say bullshit and throw to you, Jerry. Bullshit. Bullshit. I've heard some bullshit in my day. That is one of the leading contenders and could get votes for president of bullshit of the year. No, absolutely not. That is, I, I think it's Adrian Peterson's job and I think the other two guys will be relevant and I don't think any of them are going to win you any le any leagues or weeks, really. That's going to be just an embarrassing situation that's going to be such a pain in the neck. For the love of all that is good, get to the last topic, sir. Uh, just want to say, it's hard to be an every down back 
when you never had more than 20 receptions in college and the most yardage you had receiving in college was 250 outside of that you never had 100 you and had, you had tons of touches and the Pac-12 is not known for defense hello and you had uh, 15 receptions, 8 receptions, 6 receptions, 20 receptions. You had 49 for your career. Hard to be an every down back without a real pass catching profile. Last story, Jerry. Let's get into Calvin Ridley. He said he's been doing more squats in the offseason to become a thousand yard receiver. Jerry, I'm going to save this for me for last because I'm a guy who likes to go to the gym. What is your take on this, Jerry, as a non gym goer? What a weird thing to say. That's all I can say. Like, listen, I enjoy the outcome of what squats can do on a person. I will say that in the creepiest form imaginable. Don't hey give me weird faces. There's a reason Instagram is for that. But I don't know how that's going to make you a thousand yard receiver. Maybe I mean, if you're in better shape, that's cool. I think you can make every play. All you have to do is get the ball more and you'll be a thousand yard receiver. Randy, I like groins. You like butts. Talk to me about squats. Talk to me about Kevin Ridley. Uh, call me Sir Mix a lot. I like big butts and I cannot lie. I think part of the reason why he, he would want you to believe this is a hit. It's because he's been kind of a catch and fall down guy. He's not been the most elusive wide receiver in the world so i think his mindset is is that a stronger lower body will help him break tackles and get more yardage and if you get more yardage jerry your total goes up and if your total goes up enough hey now you can get a thousand you hit <laughs> that's how this works hashtag math so I, I get it uh again i i've not seen him or much of him to tell you if the squats have been paying off we would have to ask mrs ridley or his boo, who, whoever his boo is, uh, to, to ask them if the squats have been paying off. But I, I have not seen it. But here's the thing. Much like we talked about other guys, whether it was, you know, Monty losing some weight in the offseason or any time. And, guys, I know we saw a ton of this before camp started. The training camp, the, the, the offseason workouts, uh, Austin Eckler doing one-handed pull-ups and, you know, guys in the gym. If you're a dynasty player, that is the exact shit you want them doing. You don't want them sitting on the couch eating cheeseburgers, getting fat. You want them showing up. Look, I see what you want. Go ahead. I see. I see your smart ass comment. Fire and fire. No, 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 no. Did you see the video of Joe Burrow today? Uh, which video? Okay, so he went uh, jewelry shopping. Did you see this? Oh, okay, good. Yeah, no, no. no I, so I saw I, I, I saw the one of um, like him running away from the entire defense. It was yeah, like it was no. like it was like a Keystone Cops or a Benny Hill. Like nah, 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 nah. Okay. This, this dude went out and bought a giant like chain diamond pendant number nine necklace. Just listen, if there's one thing I don't care to see, it's that kind of stuff. Like, listen, I get it. I, I'm I'm not mad at you for doing it. If I had money, I would be stupid with it too. It's just I, I would much rather see these sorts of things. So I agree with you that that is the kind of shit that I would rather see. But, you know, I'm not the king of their lives. And if I could buy a giant diamond pendant that probably costs more money than I've ever had in my life just because it has my number on it, by all means, Mr. Burrow, by all means. Uh, let me ask you a question. Okay, shoot. Th this is a different age. I mean, th this has grown gradually. He's got to have that Instagram drip. He got to look good. He he he's uh you know we I might even break Listen, out the after the cigar on the couch. 
That dude doesn't need any more cred. That was all that man needed. That beat every Baker Mayfield headband dancing commercial ever. That was the king of swag. Well, I, I will just say this. I might have to break out for now. This is on the YouTube, obviously. I may have to, I may have to break out the Ric Flair open for this show because Ric Flair was the king of drip. There's a song, Ric Flair drip. You know why there's a song? Because he did it. He was limousine riding. He was jet flying. He was talking about $3,000 suits and alligator shoes. Jerry, that's the life of a professional athlete. So no, I'm not hating on Joe Burrow and all of his fancy swagged out chain. Well, listen, man, this has been another good one. Uh, for those of you that stuck around to the end, next week's show, will be our annual Hot Take Hotline edition. We've already got friends like Tyler Gunther and Tim Keller and Doug Eddy and the gang over at the Dynasty Happy Hour. They have uh, sent us some hot takes. I have got buddies like Nick Whalen. We're going to hunt down Kane and Shane and Jerry, Dr. Kyle, um, as well as many more of our friends and previous guests here on the show. We're going to have one of those uh, collage shows that takes so much time for me to put together. But for you guys, the listener, it is 100% worth it, Jerry. And then we're going to have a 2020 prediction show unlike any other. I'm not going to spoil it because they often say imitation is the greatest form of flattery unless you haven't done the work yet. So we're going to have a prediction show unlike any other you've ever heard. That's in two weeks. Hot Take Hotline next week. Jerry, what do you have for these people before we go cut that Patreon? Nah, let's get out of here like a, like a shit through a goose. So there you go. We're, we're going to leave on that note. So on behalf of Gary, or Jerry, I am Memphis, and we're out of here like shit through a goose. And at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you guys back here next week with some hot takes. Take care, guys. Have a great week.